Welcome to our main, Multiple Lenses for Tefillah Education. This podcast series hosts a panel of tefillah educators led by Rabbi Svi Hirschfield in an invigorating discussion of how to make prayer relevant to young people. As our focus, we'll use a menu of educational goals developed by the Pardes Center for Jewish Educators, where each educator explores this episode's prayer through a lens of either connecting to God, developing a sense of Jewish community, or cultivating personal growth. We hope this podcast challenges you to improve to fill our education, and let us say, Amen. Okay, welcome everyone to another exciting episode of Amen, or Amen, I guess depending on how you want to pronounce that. <laughs> Multiple Lenses for Tefillah Education, uh, hopefully an engaging podcast for Jewish educators and uh, non-educators who simply want to uh, think about their tefillah practice for themselves and for others. Uh, we've been looking at different parts of the tefillah, core parts of the service, with the idea that uh, we have some ideas here that we can share with you that will hopefully make your experience or the experience of others uh, more meaningful. Uh, we assume that uh, tefillah is an important part of Jewish practice and Jewish community, and therefore to we think it's important that people uh, get more tools in how to make this more uh, meaningful uh, and stay more connected. So I'm joined today by two outstanding colleagues, Susan Yammer and Penny Joel, both educators uh, in PCJE, uh, both who have their own philo practice, who have thought about how to engage the prayer practice and philo practice of others. So we're very glad to have you here. So welcome. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, so uh, our focus for today is Bakashot, uh, which is uh, the requests, I guess is the term, unless you guys want to go with a different translation, section of the Shwanasri, of the Amidah, uh, where, at least in the, the standard Sidur, there is a, uh, a flow of uh, different requests that we make uh, in the plural uh, to God uh, and uh, really form sort of the heart of the Amidah prayer, at least uh, the weekly Amidah prayer, uh, and therefore, as opposed to rushing through it, as many of us do, hopefully today we'll offer some insight how to make it more meaningful. So, Susan, how about we start with you? I'm sure. going to make a request that you deal with the requests of the Amidah. I worked on that all day yesterday, folks. That is really inspiring. Thank you. Um, I have to admit that in the beginning I was extremely... <coughs> reluctant, um, well, not extremely, but somewhat <laughs> reluctant because this is um, prayer and Ashmona Esrei is an ongoing, an ongoing struggle, an ongoing journey that is, depending on the day, more or less spiritually satisfying. So when actually sitting down to talk about it, I... It was real. It was actually helpful in the end to talk about what I do do during this t- during specifically the Shemona Esrei and also looking on these the multiple lenses that we have for tefillah education. <coughs> um, and I think I was drawn to two of them, and one is a, as a route to the other, meaning self. Actually, self reflection isn't one of these, but I would like to. Is it one of them? But it really was, it really is self-reflection for me in the beginning. Um, when I glance at all of these bakashot, when I'm davening, I think I, um, it's a bit overwhelming. It's a bit overwhelming. So I usually slow, slow myself down 
and focus on only one or two of them. I think, Penny, you also were sharing that that was something similar or maybe, okay. Um, And I... When I focus on one, I focus it on it personally. I focus on it not necessarily as directing my words to God, but to myself. So when I think about dot or tshuva or slicha or geula even, um, I usually choose one that seems to be resonant for me at that moment. And I stay with that. And I focus on that. And I focus it usually on what does that have to say? How is it speaking to me today? How is this value or this concept how is it relevant to my life right now and usually when I'm saying it one will just be clear okay I'm going to focus on this today and it seems like by doing that by focusing on myself it's easier for me to turn that outward towards God sometimes so what begins as an internal reflection can sometimes turn into an outward or upward direction. And that's what I hope for. And when that happens, that can be satisfying. When you say focus, can you give us a few more senses on what does that mean to focus? Like, let's say you decide that repentance, chuva mm-hmm. catches your eye uh, and you, you notice it. Yeah. What does it mean for you to focus on it? And where does it go from there? Um, okay, we can take chuva for a moment. I, I guess the word shuv would be would be what it is and what would would be the focus tshuva shuv um i i at the moment it might be something like where do i want to return to that i haven't been in need to revisit what do i want to readdress what needs to what is what's resonant for me that i think i need to look at again either my spiritual spiritually or something interpersonally or even my own relationship with God those are, there are many different options but chuva would come into my life and I would into my mind and I would sit with it about to what do I need to return and do you and find then, that it then it makes a difference in your day do you ever find that because yes. you reflect in that direction that somehow your hmm. your day was different yeah well um I don't know how for how long, but I don't know if that matters so much actually to me. But at the, what matters is at the moment I'm focused, and I'm focused on something. I'm very present and very focused on something that's that's important to me at the time. And then a wonderful surprise is if it move it opens me up towards towards being aware that there is another presence that I can address the, these aspirations to. So I don't know if it affects... It It, it, it will leave me feeling um, something important happened. And however that's important in your life when you feel like that was important. That's enough, actually. Any, any reactions to... Um, I I think that what's important uh, in what Susan said is also in terms of giving students that freedom of being able to focus on a word in the bakashot um, or one of the bakashot uh, and that that being a way to connect to 
something that that speaks to you, right? So um, if you're feeling like uh, whatever it is, when you're reading the Bakashot, if while you're reading the Bakashot or when you're going over them or if you or if students know enough to know what the Bakashot are even about, um, which I would think would be super important. Um, right. I think about um, um, the the dynamics, the social dynamics in schools, especially junior high, high school. So people are constantly, you know, fighting all kinds of drama uh, that seems super dramatic ha- is happening during that time. And so when I look at like forgiveness or repentance, right, so slicha or um, things like that, I think that if we give students the tools to look at the bakashot as like, here's a moment where you can connect to a word and think about what that word means to your daily practice or your life. Um, and if that's what you connect with, great. Then, then we're, you know, one step ahead. And like Susan said, then can open you up to recognizing this higher power that you can turn to. You know, I, um, what I just explained was something I did. I was a third grade teacher for, that was my home. And I really, this is, what I, this is the work we did in Tefillah for third graders. We studied each bakasha um, individually over the course of months, um, you know, with pictures and discussions and key words. Um, by the end, the students had kind of a personalized interpretation of each of the bakashot so that by, I would say, um, December, perhaps, when we would have tefillah, all I would do is say, okay, when we got to the Shemona Esrei, I would say, so choose your, choose your word for today. When we got to the Shemona Esrei, choose your word, spend a few minutes with that, and then move on. It became, um, a very personally, I think, meaningful. Thir- thir- was an access. For, it was a gateway for the third graders to um, really think about and spend some time with this monastery. Bakashot. You know, it's interesting because sometimes people, you know, talk a lot about the preparation for tefillah and how you have to go in with something. But I sometimes find what, what's nice here is you can wait to see what jumps out at you. Right. right. I know is even if, you know, kids or adults will say, well, I'm not in the mood or it's not speaking mm-hmm. to me right now. And I think that's sort of part of it. Sometimes you got to jump in. And as you're looking at the words and as you're saying them, you'll, you might notice something jumps out at you. And that that's a, you know, that could be important. Mm-hmm. And I think the idea that people need encouragement to sometimes try. Yeah. Uh, even when they're not, quote unquote, feeling it. Uh I think is, you know, sort of speaks to the whole spiritual discipline part of tefillah, which I think is important, that we don't, the same way we don't only say I love you when we're feeling it, and we don't always say, we don't always hug people when we're feeling it, and we don't always do the dishes when we're feeling it, right? In all areas of our life, we often have to engage the behavior, and then the feelings come afterwards, uh, I think would be uh, an appropriate thing to sort of layer on here. I like mm-hmm. the idea that seeing what jumps out at you is sort of like this uh, checking, this inner uh, checklist yeah. of where am I right now and why is that Why is that jumping out at me? Mm-hmm. So I think that that could be also, very helpful. I'll just jump, that's kind of one of the benefits of these bakashot. There's so many. There's so many to choose from that um, there are many gateways. There are many gateways to anchor your when you can not feel you have to connect with each one of them. Yeah. Okay, thank you, Susan. <coughs>
Okay, Penny. Uh, so I also connected with two of the lenses here. Um, one is self-actualization and one is community. Um, for me, the Bakashot is a time when I feel I'm most in conversation with God. Um, and um, and wh- every day when I'm davening, I re- when I get to the Bakashot, I really feel like, okay, this is the time when I can really talk to God for real. Um, uh, and... Um, one of the things that I think I like about them, like we said before, is not only the variety of different bakashot, but often I think we think of bakashot as like, here we are just asking God for things. But I really see it as an opportunity to not only think about, okay, what do I want to ask God for? But also then what, how can I have a hand in that? Right? So I can ask God for things, but also I need to kind of take initiative. And if there are things I need or I feel like I need, this is my time to think about what I need, my time to ask God for help with that, and thinking about how can I make happen whatever it is that I make happen or how can I help that. Um, and an example I, I see that in is when um, talk, asking for a flesh lemma. Right, so there's I, I I constantly have a list of people that I have this that I'm asking for Shlema from God, and yes, I'm not a doctor, I do not have healing abilities, I'm not going to be able to be quite as helpful as God, um, but it's also time for me to reflect and say. I just want to go on record. You are saying now <laughs> for everyone listening yeah. that you cannot be as helpful as it's God. True. That's a very yeah. uh, humbling thought. I'm very humble I'm like that. Yeah. By that. <laughs> really. Um, but it is a good time for me to think about, okay, who are these people who need Rufua on my list? How can I help them? How can I help their families? How can I help whatever institutions are helping them? Um, how can I have a more active role than asking, than only asking God for help? What are, what are my responsibilities? How can I help this happen? I, I think that, um, that's a moment that if you frame it for students, with this is both about asking God and also thinking to yourself about what what else can I do to make this happen? Or if you're talking about slicha and you know you've been in a fight with someone, so it's it's great that you're davening to God for slicha, but also think, well, what can I do to make the situation better? What can I do to not be in the situation again? Uh, what went wrong? Um, so it's a time for you to think about, okay, what else can I do? Um, and I think that also connects with community because if I'm thinking about how am I helping the cholim, how am I making my life more peaceful, so that impacts the community around you. Um, and and like you said in the beginning, these bakashot are written in plural, so this isn't only about me. Mm-hmm. Um, it isn't only what I'm asking. It's what I'm asking on behalf of the community, and it's what I'm asking as somebody in a community. So that opportunity to frame it like this is not just. Here's what we want, God, our laundry list of wants and, and, you know, requests. It's also, okay, now that I'm conscious that these are my requests, what can I do to make these requests happen? Or what can I do to help the community with some of these requests? So do you ever find that you come out of Tzilah experience with some kind of, not an action plan, but greater inspiration to yes. be more active? To Yes, I think there are times when I do feel that way. And then there are times when I totally in theory feel that way but in practice mm-hmm. not so much well then yeah, that time between the closing <laughs> of the Sidur and life exactly if maybe if Tzibah did right after Shmonastra it would work better for me more consistently so I guess even though neither of you you know focus in on it but I'd like to ask your opinion uh, many 
students, adults will say, well, what's the point of Bakashot if I don't believe God is going to listen or give me what I ask for? Or sometimes people say, you know, I asked God for that for three years and I didn't get it. You know, what is you, what's your response to that? Uh, and, and I guess, is there a way to respond without dismissing the validity of those who do believe that asking God for things helps? Like, how do you navigate that space? I actually think that's funny because that's a conversation we had to a certain extent um, because Susan and I come to this from very different places. um, And I'm someone who really believes that that God is listening um, and that God has a plan. And it might be frustrating for me to ask for the same things over and over and over again and not see results that I want. Um, On the other hand, I think that's probably why I look at it as self-actualization, that I need to be doing something in it. I think that that's a constant struggle of emuna, you know, your of, of faith, um, and and I think when you couch it in, this isn't only about asking God for things, but it's also about taking stock, figuring out where you are, where you fit in your community, how you can contribute. Then, then that makes it part 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 of it, but not the only part of bakashot. So it doesn't put all the pressure on, quote-unquote, a results-oriented, right. hey, I prayed for that, I didn't get it, therefore prayer is not really <laughs> worthwhile. Which are many people, right. the Talmud is aware of that. They speak mm-hmm. about the danger, with it, the term they use is iyun tefillah, mm-hmm. which in this context means like a, a results-oriented attitude towards mm-hmm. prayer. Right. right. I'll pray for this, and then we'll see where I am three weeks from now. If the stock yes. hasn't gone up, <laughs> then I'm done. I'm moving on to, uh, you right. know, well, uh, I'll worship something yeah, else. I, I think it's just that neither of us, um, for for neither of us, is it was the results piece important. It was about um, the connection and about the internal process, and for you even the external process. But it wasn't about quote um, God resu- results, meaning answers of yes in the affirmative or being granted whatever it is that you're. Asking for it because neither of us even went to that problem or that challenge that you wasn't. uh, That isn't to say that when I am asking for things, I don't think God is is going to answer. I think God will, but a I don't know that that will be really blatantly obvious to me. Um, And also, it's it's really only a piece of it. Like it's not. I think if I didn't think God was listening, I would probably not be so connected to Bakashot because. Okay, um, but because I think God is listening to some extent, so the bakashot are important, but it's it's not all or nothing. Wait, can I ask for clarification? Do sure. you mean that? Uh, are you saying that God? You believe that God is listening, and it, what does listening imply for you? Just that God is listening does not imply there isn't going to be a, any kind of response that you understand is that so listening what does listening mean for you right so it doesn't necessarily mean I'm going to see your results that I understand mm-hmm. um, but because I buy into the idea that there is a plan that God knows that I don't so God is listening and and knows what I want out of this right but um, but I don't have the assumption that like if I'm praying for someone to get better, I don't have the assumption that God will hear my prayers. Yep, Penny wants him to get better, and so they're better. And, like, tomorrow someone call and be like, guess what? Miraculous thing. The person walked out of the hospital, and they're totally healthy, and it's as if nothing happened. So then what do you believe? <laughs> I believe that that those steps might happen, right? Mm-hmm. That could happen. 
not necessarily, I don't, I think, I don't think that's likely, mm-hmm. um, but that, um, kind of like God's perspective, it's mm-hmm. added to God's perspective. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, here's, yeah. here's, here are the wants of Penny or the requests of Penny. And that, and uh, now I could look through that lens of what that looks like and how that plays out in the plan that's laid out. So that. If I understand, you're saying that you feel that your tefillot, in some ways, affect God. Could. Could affect God. Yes. Okay. Or maybe they affect God. They may not be that you get the result that exactly. you want. Right. You so there's an effect. Right, but That's the idea all. that God could be, I mean, this is the, the a debate in the Middle yes. Ages that, you know, raged on. Can human, how is it possible for human words to affect divine decision-making, and some argue that's how God set it up, mm-hmm. right? Like that famous Rashi, God wants to hear the, the prayers of the tzaddikim before he gave children to the matriarchs, right. right? That this is somehow part of, that God set it up this way so we would turn to God. God mm-hmm. set it up which way? That God yeah. is moved by our requests mm-hmm. because God wants us mm-hmm. to, requ- to request. You know, that's the, the system that God put in place in the world, and others say that can't be because the highest wisdom uh, couldn't be moved by, you know, human wants or desires because, you know, people say it's like uh, a parent being moved by a two-year-old child's request for ice cream for dinner, right? The parent knows that ice cream is not the right dinner, and therefore the two-year-old asking for it doesn't change anything. But it doesn't have to be absolute, and maybe the parent is moved by the request not to give ice cream for dinner, but maybe ice cream for dessert, mm-hmm. and there's mm-hmm. a lot of complexity built uh, in with that. But it's definitely going to come up. I think every educator mm-hmm. has to deal with the question, yeah. be prepared to respond to the question of, in what way is tefillah meaningful, either as a way of expressing my desires, receiving what I want, or a different pathway, as Susan, I think you laid out, and Penny, you also laid out, a pathway towards it being meaningful without it being about you know getting what I want. But I think we're always in that uh, tension. We're all going to be confronted by a student who says, if I prayed for my you know, grandparent to get well and they didn't, what's the value of those prayers? So I think we have to be prepared to answer that, both with strategies about why this mode of expression is valuable to us, but also to leave open the possibility. It doesn't have to be either or, that just because we didn't get what we wanted to pray for then right. doesn't shut the door on the idea that God could still respond to, to, to Philo. Uh, at the same time, as our rational minds, I think, have a hard time with that one. Uh, anybody have a powerful tefillah experience related to Bakasho that they could talk about? A moment where they felt like it really made a difference for them? In their lives? Or in the lives of somebody that they know? Or they want to make it up right now? Or in a student's life. Or right. Students in, life. in a camp or if in a school experience. So, right. Experience. Yeah. I mean, I think often the bakashafarufua is very powerful for people. Yeah. And even in just giving yes. them some kind of mode in the moment when they're dealing with a relative or a close friend being ill gives them something, some way to feel like they are doing something when there is nothing else for them to do. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think about, I, was, uh, I worked somewhere where a student's brother had cancer and was suffering and for a lot of people, tefillah was a helpful mode for them to start and continue kind of dealing with it. Like having in mind, you know, this, this, we're having this person in mind 
because there's nothing else we can do. Mm-hmm. Um, so right. it gives like a little bit of power when you're feeling super powerless. Um, going back to third grade again, um, I I had a few instances about um, dot mm-hmm. when we were when we were trying to understand what does it mean to know something, what does it mean to understand something, and we. We just, we, were, I think we were in the middle of a conversation on Tanakh, and they were, but it's so hard to understand this, and we, so hard to, and um, we, it helped us go back to, well, what do you need to understand something? What do you need to know something? And they went back to asking about, well, well it's really important to understand. There was a, a sensitivity about the, the amazing ability to understand something and to know something and the value of that. And when we, it came up a lot during the course of the year whenever we learned a new idea about how do you know something? How does God know something? How do we understand something? I think it, what it just did was raise their appreciation for the amazing gift of when you do understand something. And um, that became a bit of a, an anchor point for not a lot of students who struggled with knowing and understanding things and um, wanting, appreciating the value and the excitement of understanding and knowing. In third grade, it's very exciting when you finally get, oh, well, in any, at any age, but I was particularly immersed in, in that area. And it was it, uh, focusing a little bit on dot had this effect during the course of our learning when the word with knowing and understood banning came up. They would anchor it back to the bracha, to the bakasha. Did you expect that going in, or just no, just the no? Because we had spent time on each brach, um, each of the bakashot, and learning and understanding comes up all the time in teaching outside, you know, in teaching, and we use the same word sometimes and ladat, and they they really anchored it back into the bakasha a number of times. And that was a really lovely. Integration. So, uh, just a couple things I would throw into the mix before we uh, adjourn, and then Penny, I'm happy to hear if you have a response to to either of these. Number one, I feel like one effect the Baka showed have is it sort of lays out our priorities about what it is. If we don't want it, what we're supposed to want, right? Most of us, what we want is more sleep and donuts <laughs> and Netflix, right? If we're honest, that's what we kind of want, and I think that. The idea that what we really want is wisdom and forgiveness and the power to change and justice and and, and, and health. I mean, that's a very powerful message mm-hmm. uh, for people to say that uh, if you want to know what does the Jewish community want, what do Jews want, we open up the Siddur, this is what we want. This is what we're supposed to really want. And I think that that's a really powerful thing, especially when in an age where most of us want all sorts of things that most of it we can purchase on Amazon. Uh, this was not a plug to Amazon. Ruben, we don't have an agreement with Amazon. Do we? <laughs> well, we could. We could work on that. Uh, so I think that's that's already a very powerful message yes. to say, here are the things that we care about. And as Penny said, maybe not only care about, but you know, willing to work on. Right? The Chafetz Chaim said that if you're going to ask God for it, then you should probably be working on it yourself. Or what kind of request is that? You want mm-hmm. God to help out, but you're not mm-hmm. willing to do your share. So I really like that image a lot because it's not where our mental energy, right? Even our students, they want to be popular. They want to get good grades. They want to, whatever it is, all the different wants they legitimately have, what does it mean to redirect towards 
other wants, you know, like knowledge. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and not because I want a good grade, but because to know something yeah, is important. I think important. you just put your finger on what was so precious about that connection my students made. They learned to somehow subtly became... They learn to value the value of knowledge. Yeah, because it's when you put it into your yeah. mind, it means it's a value. Yeah, and they and I think that's an amazing. The other thing I think we can share with students is, regardless of the results orientation, but uh, what what some commentaries really talk about this idea of the humility that are involved in Bakashov, the idea mm-hmm. that. I'm asking God for these things because these are not things that I can fix or change on my own. They're out of my hands. And for a lot of us, what a gift. Because so many young people also carry all sorts of ideas of what they're responsible for in the world, either through magical thinking. I thought an angry thought about my friend and now my friend got sick. No, <laughs> that's not how it works. Our, our health and well-being are not in our power. It's like not in other people. Uh, 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 others' yes. health is not in our power that yes. way. Uh, all sorts of ways in terms of mm-hmm. the way, by asking God for it, I'm also acknowledging that it's not totally under my control. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's a gift for a lot of people, especially our students who carry all sorts of guilt or a sense of failure about mm-hmm. all sorts of things. Uh, you know, if I'm asking God for knowledge, that means that it's not in my power to get an A on everything all the time, right? Yeah. Because I, I'm not the source of all knowledge. Uh, and it's okay that I get angry sometimes, and that's why there's this prayer for forgiveness and, and so on. And, and the fact that, uh, you know, uh, my parents had a fight isn't on me either. Mm-hmm. And I think that there's a, a certain gift in the idea of the humility of and acceptance of my situation as opposed to trying to fight it or to be somebody I'm not all the time. So I think that could be another gift we can give our students and ourselves when we think about uh, Bakashot. So, ready? This is the tough question now. The next time we pray, what are we going to try to focus in on? What, what, what do we think we can do to make it more meaningful for ourselves as we look at our next Shmanasrach, whenever that's coming up. For some of us, it might be the next Minchar For others, it might be Shabbat. But whatever is coming up next, well, Bakashot and Shabbat aren't so common. The next time we're going to engage Bakashot, what might we do to prepare ourselves to get the most out of it? Um, I think I think maybe taking in more the scope of the Bakashot and like you said looking at the these being the values we're supposed to value um, so maybe taking a minute to think about that before plowing into the Bakashot and saying okay that, which one of these do I feel like I don't focus on enough um, and it should be a value and might not be a value right now um, and kind of focus in on that more um, so I think that's, for me, what the next step would be. Beautiful. Oh, I really like that. Thanks. I'm going to piggyback on that. <laughs> I, mean, I never thought, it was always what jumps out at me, but it might be really helpful to some to say, well, what's not jumping out at me, and why isn't it jumping out at me? And maybe take another look. Mm-hmm. Thank you for that inspiration. Pleasure. I'm going to try that. Wow, what a good challenge. Okay. Well, this has been engaging and fun and interesting. Uh, hope, it is for me. I hope for, any, for <laughs> everyone, anyone who's listening, I hope it was meaningful for them also. Uh, we love to hear comments about other things to focus on and ways we can improve on things that enrich your tefillah life, either as a teacher or a practitioner. Uh, again, 
I, I say this, I think, at the end of each one. There, there are no uh, magic bullets when it comes to tefillah practice. It's a spiritual discipline like any other, uh, and we're not claiming that you get results right, you know, that very day. Uh, but at the same time, we think it's important, and there's a lot of benefit, uh, both for yourselves personally, for your community, uh, for uh, Jewish life, when more Jews actively engage in tefillah, uh, whichever practice they're pursuing uh, in their community, we think it has tremendous value, uh, and we want to learn more about it and, and strengthen it wherever we can. So on that note, uh, it happens to be Hanukkah right now. Mm-hmm. We'll see when that comes out. So if it's out in time, happy Hanukkah. If not, get a head start and a happy Hanukkah <laughs> next year. And uh, thank you, Ruvain, for your masterful editing and uh, microphoning. And uh, until next time, thank you for joining us. Thanks. For our database of Tefillah resources and to learn more about Tefillah goals, go to tefillah, T-E-F-I-L-A-H dot pardes dot org. And for more great podcasts, visit elmad, E-L-M-A-D, dot pardes, dot org. See you next time. <laughs>